Hello, it is 9 a.m. in New York, 3 p.m. in Johannesburg, and 8 p.m. in Bangkok. Welcome to the Expat Happy Hour. This is Sunday Schneider Bean from sundaybean.com. I'm a solution-oriented coach and intercultural strategist for individuals and organizations. And I am on a mission to help you adapt and succeed when living abroad and get you through any life transition. You know that expression, sometimes you just have to bow your head, say a prayer, and weather the storm. I think that is something a lot of us can identify with right now. But what about when the storm is relentless? What does that mean to weather the storm? How do we stay on purpose when that storm doesn't seem to end? This entire month on Expat Happy Hour, we've talked to amazing individuals who have stayed on purpose despite challenging circumstances. And this episode, we're going to speak to a woman who says she was hit by a cosmic slap over and over again. I don't know about you, but abrupt transitions are one of those that throw you off of your feet. So how do you get back on your feet? and stand strong in the storm. This is why I've invited Shumali Ray Ross with us today. This is a woman who has deep experience in situations where resilience is called for. She's a seasoned health and development professional with over 20 years of experience in the U.S. government, United Nations, Global Fund, and more. Her technical expertise includes really big topics like gender analysis and integration, gender-based violence, women's empowerment, family planning, HIV, AIDS, and child health, and more. All of this has been done from corners of the globe, including Indonesia, Cambodia, Bangladesh, Kenya, El Salvador, the United States, just to name a few, right? So perhaps... It is no surprise that she's taken these experiences that have created or tested resilience alongside what you hear in this episode, some personal experiences that have put her resilience to the test. And now she is a life and leadership and health and wellness coach. It is my absolute pleasure to welcome Shamali Ray Ross to Expat Happy Hour. Thank you, Sunday. It's a pleasure to be here. And I look forward to being on this podcast. So I have had the pleasure of knowing Shamali since 2019. And I'm just going to brag on you a little bit, Shamali. <laughs> um, what I know about Shamali is I was doing some thinking before a call and I wrote down, she's a truly outstanding person. And when I say that I'm not being hyperbolic, I mean that because it's humbling to see how sh committed Shumali has been to living on purpose and living on purpose through even the toughest transitions. And what I mean by that is doing the deep work to stay committed to what is most important to you. So Shumali, I have so much respect for you and I'm just delighted to have you here today to talk about your journey and how that's connected to purpose. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Sunday. So tell us a little bit about how you got to do what you're doing right now. 
So uh, Sunday, maybe I can tell you a little bit about, you know, who I am. And I think um, my identity has so much to do with who I am and the important role models in my life. So um, I, I, I'm Asian, I'm Indian, of Indian origin, I'm American, I'm a woman of color. And all through my life, I have broken gender, racial and cultural barriers in work and in life. Um, and I think that this stemmed from having very, very strong role models in my life and a belief that my mother gave me that I can dare to dream with purpose, intention and mm. passion. And as you know, my journey hasn't been easy through many transitions like many other people in their life. But I think the insights and lessons that I have learned and that I am now using in my coaching has really helped me to build re resiliency, navigate change, enable people to find their purpose, and to really enhance one's emotional intelligence and responsibility for one's well-being. So I think I've been very fortunate from a very young age to know, you know that I was born for a purpose and I was born to have impact. Um, and I think that has really guided my work currently um, mm. as a health and wellness coach for girls and organization, both at home and, and abroad. Uh, can I just ask you here, when I hear you talk about, you feel like you were born so with purpose and to make an impact. Did that also give you a sense of pressure? Um, I really never had any pressure because my parents lived very purposeful lives and service and um, working in, you know, to make a difference was just part of, I think, our, the glue of both my parents. And so it was something that was just, uh, you know, a part of our family values and belief systems. So it was never, there was no pressure that I, you know, I had to have a purpose in a certain area or, you know, I had to uh, achieve something or, you know, I had to be a doctor or, you know, have those stereotypes associated with it. It was just that I needed, you know, all of us needed to live with a belief to make a difference and to have impact in that world. Um, mm -hmm. And we were left to just find out and identify for ourselves what our purpose was. Mm. One of the things that I found really incredible when I learned more about your background is how you've been able to make an impact around the world, regardless of the circumstances. Like when I look at, at your profile, it, the countries that you've been, the contributions you've made in the organizations that you've served, I can't imagine what kind of of effort that must have taken. Do you mind sharing a little bit about your background and how you came to serving, you know, women around the world over the last 20 years? Yeah, I think, um, you know, Sunday, I was born in, um, I'm originally from Calcutta um, and uh, in India. And I grew up uh, seeing inequities and inequalities in both health, poverty, and in uh, women's status. Um, I was very fortunate to come from a culture and a society where I was not in part of that, but I was part of it. So I witnessed mm -hmm. it from the time. I mean, if you grow up um, on the, you know, and you see the streets of Calcutta, 
there is no way you can get away from those inequities. But I think I was also blessed by parents. Like my father was very close to Mother Teresa. My mother was a film critic and journalist and wrote about women in the Indian cinema. So I think I was brought, I was very fortunate to be brought up in a family that enabled me to have the lens to look at those inequalities and inequities. And then also the passion and the belief that to make a difference. And I think mm-hmm. that really governed, you know, who I am today. And, um, you know, I have always wanted to be serving um, in a capacity. And I think that goes back to just who I am, what I saw, how I was socialized, and what my family values were. And then, you know, with that realization that how fortunate I was to sort of be part of that very rich rubric of Calcutta and India, but being having opportunities that other women and girls didn't have really drove me to one, do an undergraduate in psychology because I thought I wanted to understand better. And then to be able to come to the United States and work in, you know, to do uh, to pursue a higher degree in public health, in international affairs, where I could then take both my insights as a child, my values, my beliefs, and combine it with my academic training and service and, you know, wanting to make a difference with for women and girls has always been something that I've been passionate about. You kind of seem like a trailblazer. I mean, do you think that fits you? <laughs> you know, I again, I again, it goes back to family values. You know, I come from a very humble family, so like <laughs> you're not even letting me. Ex- you're not even letting that land. You, I can see that you're no, just like, no, you're not going to accept that title. <laughs> I think, I think, uh, you know, uh, I am at a very different point, um, and a lot of it has to do with the work that I've done, but also thanks to you, Sunday, as well, because I do feel now that. I am and I was a trailblazer. I was ahead of my times. I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, yes. I was one of the few Indian women at public health school in Colombia. And, you know, people wouldn't talk to me because they didn't think I spoke English or, you know, it was just I was such a new newbie in the field. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, I broke that barrier. I broke a barrier by, you know, being hired in the US on a student visa, and then, you know, um, you know, marrying somebody out of my culture and being in a biracial relationship. And then, you know, find being able to, you know, find work with Catholic Relief Services, which was my first organization that I I worked for. So I was, I, I was in, they, when they looked at me, they would always ask me, so how long are you here for? And I would say as long as, you, you know, I wouldn't say anything initially because I was young and I didn't know how to maneuver the waters. But once I realized mm. they had never seen an Indian in their headquarters, you know, so mm. it was it was they assumed I was international staff. And I, you know, so I think when I look back in my life and I look back at what I've done, the places I've gone, the jobs I've had, um, you know, uh, I do think I'm a trailblazer. I mean, it's hard for me to say it, but I can see it in your face. You're like blushing right now, but ahead of your time, ahead of your time, ahead of my a time. comfortable way of you saying yes. that's how I see you. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but wasn't it hard to, you, you've picked an area that as a woman, yeah. I think is extremely painful to look at. 
right? right. And, and you know, from psychology, when we're looking at pain, what we want to do is look away. Right. And, but you've chosen to, to stare it down. What is it that kept you going when you were working in, in tough contexts? Um, I, I think, you know, Sunday, it, I just felt that I had been given a gift uh, to be able to be privileged, to be able to see this, uh, to observe the inequities, the inequalities, um, and the disparities, you know, and on an everyday basis. And I felt that I had a responsibility to make a difference in the world. And it isn't easy. It's gut-wrenching working, you know, in some of the countries that I've worked in. Um, and also knowing that you're there for a limited time and that you're going to move on. But I think it's just that it was just, it's just an inner drive and an inner belief, an inner purpose that made me believe that, you know, this is what I'm, this is what I came to this earth for, and this is what I need to do. And as tough as it is, and I've had tears in my eyes, you know, when I've seen girls who are working, you know, um, in, in areas that they shouldn't be working in or, you know, or they're being trafficked or, you know, uh, I mean, some really, really tough things because related to my reproductive health work, um, you know, I've also worked on issues of FGM, anti-trafficking and some really tough human rights and social mm -hmm. justice issues. Um, but I think what governed me was that, you know, if I could make a difference in any way, in any capacity, whether it's at a strategy level or at a funder level or at an implementer level or at a human level, just to do the right mm -hmm. thing has always governed me. Right. Did you ever just want to give up? Um, I actually have never wanted to give up. Um, I never wanted to give up because I always believed that, you know, it's like that every drop in the bucket makes a difference is that every, I, it's, it's in my DNA. It's in my DNA. Mm -hmm. It's in my socialization. It's in my belief systems that, um, and it's my passion. My passion is to work mm -hmm. with women and girls, um, and, you know, previously it was in marginalized communities, you know, to give women and girls visibility. I think having that, not having that visibility, even when I look at inequities, it's not just inequity of resources, it's inequities of visibility and being able to pursue their dreams. And I remember the, uh, an assignment that I did in a rural part of northern India where I was supposed to go in, it was looking at on, on protection issues. And one of the things that I had to do was to ask these young girls on what their dreams were. Hmm. And I just, you know, had tears in my eyes because I felt it wasn't my job to be asking their dreams. Um, it was, you know, their mothers or their fathers. It, you know, it was, it, I, it, it was a gut-wrenching experience because... I really struggle with the philosophy of really being the outsider, you know, asking them their dreams. And, but yet I went ahead and did it. And it made me believe that everybody has a dream. You know, you could be mm. sitting in a absolutely remote, desolate part in a village without having any hope, but everybody has hope. And I think that just motivates me to work harder and harder and, and worked harder and harder at what I believe was uh, 
that every human being and every woman and girl has the right to dream and to write and the right to follow their passion and their purpose. There's this question that keeps going on in the back of my mind about passion and purpose and what you've done. I mean, I have tears in my eyes right now just thinking about it because I would have to create such an emotional protective field around me to do that work. I think it would right. just, I would, it would just demolish my soul to be so close to that kind of work. So I'm grateful that, that that's what you've been doing. Cause I don't know if I'm built for that, but you're talking about passion and purpose and, and everybody has a dream. And there's this dialogue in the back of my head where I'm saying, I work with a lot of women who don't know what they want and they're looking for purpose and they feel like they don't even have passion anymore. Right. It just seems so innate to you. I'm wondering, you know, based on all of your training and the things that you've seen and other people's journeys, what your thoughts are on that. Um, Sunday, you know, as, as you know, that when we met, I, you know, was very clear about what I wanted to do and we'll get into that. I know later on, so I won't get into it now. I just do believe that deep down, we all know what, mm-hmm. mo- what is it that gets to us at our soul level? It's just mm-hmm. we aren't able to articulate it or we were socialized. And this is what I've learned about women and gender. You know, when I first met you, I was in South Africa and my goal was to work with expat women. But coming back to the U.S., and working with women here, both in the U.S. and overseas, I realized that women are all the same. We are often, and it doesn't, it doesn't have to do with the color of our skin. It's got to do with the color of our souls. But often we aren't given permission based on the society we live in, the family we're from, the culture that dictates it, to articulate what is it that drives us. And I, I have this fundamental belief that everybody has something that drives them. It's just mm-hmm. so buried down that we don't know what it is. That's exactly what I just wrote down. I wrote down, you said deep down at the soul level. And I thought it's, it's just buried under cultural expectations and conditioning and negative thinking and all of those things that, that we have to pull through, at least with the work that I do, it's like trying to dig, you know, dig that out so that you can even hear that. That's amazing. So do you mind telling us more about your clarity that you have about now shifting your attention, if you want to say your purpose into really supporting people with health and wellness? Right. So, um, for me, I maybe can go a little bit back into my purpose, because even though I've always known I've had a purpose and I've lived my purpose in serving women and girls in terms of their health and wellness, it was um, something that I really, you know, felt that very passionate about. And I did it working both at the individual level and at the organizational level. Um, But then I think I realized that 
what I really want to do is work with women and girls and empower them, you know, empower them to be who they can, to to dare to have those dreams, to live their purpose, not purpose that is dictated by other people. And I think that it was an automatic move and a shift, especially when I came back to the U.S. Um, and, you know, I was looking and trying to find, uh, you know, who I was, what my purpose was because of just a life transition that was unexpected. And I think, as you know, oftentimes when you have been un unexpected cosmic smacks, it's a way of waking up and finding out where you are with who, you know, your purpose. I mean, firstly, you don't even think you have a purpose. But then just trying to come back and, you know, have that visibility and trying to find work, I realized that in life, we are so focused on the doing and not on the being. And that in life, uh, especially for women, women's lived experiences are not valued. And I think it was a changing aha moment with me while I was working with you, sort of dealing with my transition um, and trying to really get grounded. Um, I think, and having, you know, trying to get back into the workforce in the U.S., uh, you know, repatriating back, I sort of came across these issues where repeatedly, you know, I wasn't appreciated or respected. I mean, it goes back to that whole point that you talk about when you talk about purpose is that self-worth. It made me realize that how important my own health and wellness was, as you know, and a realization that I was really sad and I had really, really gone from being at a positive 10 when I met you in terms of my mental and physical and soul level well-being to being at a minus 10. Um, and I think that realization made me realize that, you know, I really need to get up. You know, I first need to wallow in it. I think that's one of the most important things. I think we need to give ourselves that space and grace. We need that quiet time to reflect on what's going on. Because you've, you know, as, as you know, Sunday, through every transformation, it's like starting all over again. I really felt I had lost my purpose. And my purpose is linked to my health and well-being. But for me, purpose has got so much to do. It's got everything to do with being, feeling healthy and well you know, and so I think falling in my own health and wellness really got me to think mm -hmm. about this is what I want to do. Um, and um, I, you know, my bias would have been initially to go into health and wellness coaching straight away. But I really felt that, you know, for all of my life, even though I was born with purpose, I can say, and live purpose, because I lost my parents very early on and because I was... I come from an Asian culture where, you know, taking on their responsibilities as part of my responsibility and nothing that I really planned for, but I went, you know, mm -hmm. we all do what we have to mm -hmm. do. Right. Um, I, I really decided to focus on working on life and leadership and figuring out what my value was, you know, what is my purpose, you know, to go back to the basics, to go back to my roots, because I felt that I needed to be grounded in who I am to be able to do what I want to do, which is 
to work with women and girls and to empower them in their journey of health and wellness. So there's something that I really appreciate that you've said that I've seen in the many years that I've been coaching is, you know, people will come to me and they'll want to, let's say, find their purpose. And you know, if you know my work, that I don't say you find your purpose, you focus on impact, right? There's another way to, to, to look at it. But I, I always say, well, let's start with your physical health and mental health first, right? right? Because that has to be solid before you start doing the thing, which would be making the impact, right? Right. And, and I, and I love that you're connecting health and wellness, which then leads to purpose, right? Right. That, I think that's really beautiful. I also really respect, this is what I meant at the top of our call. Um, and this goes back a little bit to our work together that I can't, how should I say this? I, I have so much respect for how you call it a cosmic slap, how you had, I've had abrupt transitions, you know, in my life abroad, other people have had, you know, unplanned abrupt transitions. You had one as well. They're so destabilizing, right? Right. Especially when you're feeling a plus 10 and all of a sudden you feel like you're a negative 10. What I've watched with you is even from a place that brought you to a negative 10, you were like, all right, I'm going to surround myself with the right support. I'm, you know, this is what I'm going to do. And I can't, I can't explain how amazing you've been every step of the way to, to really understand what is the best way to move forward. I don't know. I think this might be a good time for us to to talk about that abrupt transition that you had um, in terms of how you, how you learned more about yourself right. in that process and how you learned more about how, how that influences who you work with. Right. Uh, because we met, what, 2019? Is that right? Right, right, right. Um, and yeah, go ahead. We met at a party, right? Everything was good. Everything was, you know, planned out. Do you want to say more about what you thought we were going to work on when we started yeah. working together? So I think Sunday, um, I think, you know, when you ask me, am I a trailblazer? I think I, I know that I am a, at the present moment or when we met, I'm a very grounded person that I am a very authentic person and an intentional person. And I think that these are important elements when one looks at transformation. And I think what really helped me was that I had decided that I wanted to be a coach. I didn't know at that time whether I wanted to be a full-time coach, the kind of coach. But I also realized, and I think that humbleness is an important aspect of that, I am not uh, ashamed or fearful to ask for help. So in fact, I sought after you because I heard through a common friend, Angie, that we that there is this lady called Sunday and she's a life coach and I tried through other people to get a hold of you. And then when it was International Women's Day and Angie invited me, I was like, this is a cosmic sign, you know. Um, <laughs> and I think that my goal, as you know, from the beginning was to be, it was to know what it's like to be a coachee or a client. You know, I wanted to have both sides so that when I get into my own coaching profession that I am now, you know, and I'll talk more about that. I will know what it's like to walk in the shoes of my client. And I think I came 
what I came to you was for, I didn't know you at all. I mean, what I knew was that I wanted somebody who was living the life that I was living, who was an expat, who was a woman, and who would be able to help me articulate and what I wanted to do, but also give me that experience of being a client. So I came to you at that point with, you know, very clear vision and a purpose of what I wanted to do. I mean, even at that point, I didn't know whether I would work full time or part time as a coach or how long it would take. Um, And I think that, you know, most people, uh, you know, and I've heard a number of your podcasts and I'm always so inspired by you and the people in the podcast because it's an amazing journey uh, for each of one of us. But I think in my case, you know, I came to you in a in a situation which was all so positive and stable and you know I was like even a half an hour away from you and you know I (laughs) it was just different the proximity and the stability Mm -hmm. was different and you know none of us planned for uh, family emergencies or nobody wishes for that and I think you know, I, like any other transition, it was just so, it just happened so suddenly that I wasn't prepared for it. And, um, you know, I didn't even really have a chance to say goodbye to you. You know, when we left South Africa, I think I sent you a message. And then, you know, I was just in that space where I needed to deal with whatever was going on with my family. And, you know, coaching was far from my you know, radar in terms of, you know, I knew you were there and I knew you were there for support. And I think that's the other thing. It's not support just during the coaching sessions or support during the, you know, the year of transformation and those sessions. It's just knowing that your coach is there for you, you know, and even though we didn't talk and I think we we exchanged a number of messages, I just didn't have the bandwidth to, you know, engage in conversation. Um, and I think when we finally did talk, it was a couple of months and, and I really appreciate that. And that is what I will carry in my coaching practice is to give space and grace to the client you're working with, you know, to understand. I mean, none of us, I'm sure you didn't expect that when we started working right. either. And I think, you know, as we've talked, you know, I learned from it, you learned from it. Um, and as you know, as I've mentioned, you know, starting from a plus ten and then going to a a, a minus ten. You know, I've heard I've heard you talk, and you know, I was like, why can't she give me the answers to what I need? You know, mm-hmm. um, firstly, mm-hmm. I didn't know what I needed at that point. I know that I needed to grieve what was happening, and I needed that time. Um, I needed the help. I needed the support. I needed to get my family grounded. I needed to get stabilized, you know. But I think what really helped me was knowing that you were there, but you weren't there, you know, and Mm -hmm. that um, I really worked hard. You know, there were times where I would just feel like giving up. There were times that I would cry and get under the covers. I came to the U.S. after 15 years of being abroad. I didn't have any. I'm a real community person, as you know, and a connector. I had no community. Nobody would talk to me. You know, um, it was just a very, very tough time. I had a son who had five months left of high school to finish, you know, um, and then COVID hit. And Mm -hmm. 
but I think what what I think what I have found so important, and this is what I would say to anybody who wants goes through a transition or wants to work on transformation, it's important to sit with yourself. It's important to be in that quiet space and to wallow in it. It's yours to wallow. Mm -hmm. It's not anybody else's place to tell you to wallow or not. Sit in that silence. Cultivate that peace. Figure out what is it that you need. And I think what I figured out was, firstly, I was lost because I thought I'd lost my purpose. And I never lost my purpose. I mean, it may have shifted because of the countries I'd been in and I've needed to re-engineer myself. But I think what I did was I sat, I reflected, and I realized that the two things that really ignite me is to learn and to serve. And um, soon after we got here, as you know, you know, COVID hit. And so there wasn't really an opportunity to serve. And I wasn't in the mental and physical well-being space to serve anybody. I needed to serve myself first before I could even serve my family. And I started looking for courses. Um, you know, I did the science of uh, well-being out of Yale. I did another course on gender-based uh, violence out of Hopkins. I started looking at opportunities where I could learn. And I think that that really helped me. And then you know, really realizing through that, that my purpose wasn't lost. It's the same thing. It's, it's to serve, it's to empower, it's to grow people. I come, it's to inspire people I, I am around. Um, it was just that it was like a diamond that was buried deep underneath that I couldn't find. And I think that's where you came in, is to give me that support. I think a lot of it went from your trajectory of, you know, I'm going to be doing this and I'm going to set up my coaching practice. I'm going to go to coaching school. I'm going to do this, you know, focus on the doing. And I think we had to take a step back or several steps back to focus on the being because how could I do if I'm not being who I am? And Absolutely. I think that that really, really helped me. Um, reflecting, uh, coming up with practices uh, of self-care. And I, you know, like with self-care, it, it is related to self-love and self-worth. But when you're not feeling good about yourself, the first thing, and I think you've brought this up several times, and I always use you when I'm like in that period, that self-care is directly linked to your health and well-being. And mm -hmm. I figured that the place that I could come from and show up was in terms of my gratitude, which I, is, is the essence and the mantra of who I am. And I have chills going up my arms when you say that because you have always had that. And that I think that has been a lifeline. Um, right. It that has. is unique to you, unique to you. That wasn't for me. That wasn't a coaching <laughs> strategy. That was, that's who you are. I think you also had very good practices around, um, around gratitude when we first met, as well as, as occupying a being space quite well before your cosmic right, <laughs> slap right. and abrupt transition. I want to just pause for a moment to say something that I want to really thank you for. Um, the, you, you are a strong woman, you're a, a trendsetter, you're ahead of the game, right? And you have shared with us 
that vulnerability of going through a tough time. And I just want to say thank you for that because there's often such a culture around doing that in private and not sharing it. So part of this whole purpose series has been pulling the curtain behind successful women who are living on purpose. And what what I want to make sure that the listeners get is that just because you're seeing a successful woman right now doesn't mean that she hasn't been behind the curtain doing the hard work. Right. Right. And, and you're, you're giving us a glimpse of that and it does take away that culture of hiding that. And I want to just say thank you for that. Um, the second thing that you talked about is sitting in it, sitting in the hard, sitting in the discomfort. I know I'm the first person who wants to jump out of that. Right. And I'm the first person who knows how important that is in terms of healing. Right. Um, I wasn't taught that as a girl. Yeah. I, I was probably taught the opposite of moving away from discomfort, but I, I, you're right. And that's what you did so well, um, right. even though it was probably the last thing you wanted to do. Right. Um, and then the third thing I wanted to emphasize what you shared is um, you said you had to serve yourself before you served others. And that learning phase that you were in, I mean, oh my God, how many amazing universities did you get certified from? <laughs> Your list of accomplishments is long, but, um, but what it, it emphasizes this um, Adrian Dorison quote that I always use that actually clarity, people think it's clarity and then confidence and action, but that's actually the, not how it works. It's action creates clarity and confidence. And that's what you did you were, you just tested like, Hey, I'm going to look at this certification and see how that feels, see how it resonates. And that created clarity in what you wanted to do and built confidence. So you're just living, you're just living all of it. Right. And, and don't listen to what I say. You show people that. Right. And that's exactly what you've just done. So I just wanted to pause on there and say, thank you. And someday I think that yeah, and I think, you know, thank you for that. But I, I do think that, you know, as women, and you know this better than, you know, and, and living an expat life or repatriating back and living through transitions is tough. It's seen mm-hmm. as glamorous. We do it because we buy into it for whatever reason, either through our passion, through our spouses, through whatever reason. People have different motivations for why they do what they do. But one of the things that we don't, that falls through the wayside, and you know that has fallen through my wayside as well, and, I, and you've been a constant reminder, is the need to do that self-care. And for me, I, you know, as, as an Asian, as an Indian woman, it was okay to go and play tennis, but it was never seen as productive sitting with yourself and sitting with that space. So you're absolutely right that we are not, irrespective of our culture, we are not taught that. And what I really, what my source of self-care was really that meditation and that mindfulness and that and prayer and that, and I'm not really, uh, you know, I'm more of a spiritual person, you know, yoga and meditation is what I have grown up with. But, you know, at the same time, I didn't really grow up with it because it was associated with the Rolling Stones going to Ashram. (laughs) I mean, you, you realize, you learn these things because you realize that life is stressful, transitions are stressful. What can I do? So I think in terms of self-care, which then brought, you know, the self-worth and the self-love came this, you know, I, I sort of realized that I have to work on mind, body and soul. For me, working on my mind and soul was easier, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I have really in in 
integrated that into my life. And that is what I really want to work with people on is how to be mindful. Transitions are going to happen. And I think, you know, the other thing that you mentioned, and I've heard your podcasts and every one of your podcasts is amazing. People, if you haven't heard it, please go out and get it. (laughs) Something that you've said to me and I've heard is from you is that transformation never stops. It's an ongoing process. And just when I thought I had transformed, you know, after this cosmic smack and got used to it, and, you know, I was leading a diversity, equity, and inclusion workshop for a social platform, you know, and and getting into that space of community and life and getting comfortable, we had another huge cosmic smack with my daughter, which has been devastating um, in terms of her health and wellness. And But, you know, in each of it, as tough as it's been, it's been a learning. And Mm -hmm. um, it's been an appreciation of, you know, what we have and that gratitude, that mindfulness. But to know that it never ends, you know, it's just Mm -hmm. a continuous process. And I think this is how you and I decipher between change and transformation is it is a deep dive each time, you know, a time to sit in that space, a time to reflect. But then with that self-care and self-worth and self-love and self-confidence, which is all linked to your, you know, the way you um, work on purpose and that I think the way we should all be working on purpose, comes that realization that really, you know, you have those skills, you have that resiliency, you have that courage. You know, you may be tired because you haven't had time to rejuvenate from one cosmic smack before you get into another one. I mean, the honeymoon period is very small sometimes and sometimes it's very long. But I think we have that. Mm -hmm. We have that in our toolkit. And that is what, you know, I'm so grateful for. And I think working with you, you know, even though it was not, you know, um, it was more like a roller coaster, you know, just in terms mm-hmm. of my life challenges. Yep. We were able to get through that roller coaster with, you know, that queasy feeling and that everything. <laughs> but at the same time, with joy and the thrills that you have jo- yeah. of being mm-hmm. on the highs of a roller coaster. And I think <laughs> that, you know, that is what I'd like to leave. Transformation is a process that once you start, once you decide, well, sometimes you don't even decide. I you, was going to say. <laughs> yeah, you get into sometimes it. Sometimes it chooses you. Yeah, it chooses you, but it chooses you, I believe, for a reason. And I think the yeah. most important thing, I think, where I feel I'm a trailblazer is I, I push myself into uncomfortable spaces to get yes. comfortable. And two, I ask for help. And as, I, as you've yes. said, and with that help, and oftentimes also when you're dealing with one transition or one cosmic smack or one trauma, there's a huge backdraft of other issues. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's something that you just have to, you just have to, you have no choice but to tackle it. I wouldn't have asked for these life transitions, but I wouldn't be who I am. I wouldn't be the per- person I am. I wouldn't be living my purpose. I wouldn't be the authentic and intentional person. And it's not just in my coaching. It's in who I am as a person, who I am as a client, who I am as a wife, who I am as a mother. And 
The other part of it is no in my in my situation, and I'm sure it's for a number of people and not for all, a huge blessing is to have an inspirational and empowering family. I could mm-hmm. have not gone through my transitions and my family's transitions without an awesome husband and two amazing inspirational TCK, CCK kids um, who have didn't ask but who were taken to seven countries with us, gone through <laughs> their own transitions. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's the support. The support comes from uh, you as my coach, you know, a therapist if you need a therapist, you know, uh, your family. You know, we, we all come together to make it happen. And that's what I really want to leave with people. And if you don't have family, you know, you you don't have a coach, look for a coach, you know, look for people to connect with. Social connection is, as you know, Sunday, it's so important yep. when you don't, and especially in the COVID world we live in. Absolutely. They say that resilience, or at least that's what we know from the research, resilience is built in community. Speaking of community, if you'd like to connect with Shamali, check out the show notes where I've got details on her bio and how you can be in touch. Thank you so much, Shamali, for all that you're doing. You just bring so much humanity to what it takes to really go through tough transitions and um, a role model for how to really show up um, so that you benefit and others benefit. So thank you so much for um, all that you've shared today. Really respect that. Thank you, Sunday. A lot of my journey is attributed to you and to all the wonderful people in this world. I mean, um, it's just, I couldn't do it alone. I wouldn't do it alone. And I tell people, I would like to tell people, you don't need to do it alone. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you. Thank you so much. Shamali's story is such an inspiration because it shows you how... (laughs) Life doesn't always go as planned, but it's really how you face those challenges that matters. Now, if you don't face your challenges like Shumali, absolutely do not shame yourself because I think Shumali showed up in an exceptional way and she had a support network in place to help her do that. I'm deeply honored to have worked with Shumali through the thick and thin, and I really celebrate her and her efforts that brought her to where she is today. You might have noticed this past month how each woman's journey has been different in the way in which they live on purpose. But what has remained the same is that commitment to what means the most and support and accountability in place so that you don't get thrown off course. This is absolutely one of the things I love most about Year of Transformation. You can't predict what is on the other side, but what I do know from doing this for years is that on the other side is a you that you're proud of. Someone who is living in greater alignment with who you really are and on your own terms, creating what is most important to you. So if you haven't applied yet for year of transformation, what are you waiting for? Stronger purpose, more meaning, steadfast accountability and dramatic results. Plus your thing is waiting for you on the other side. You've been listening to Expat Happy Hour with Sunday Schneider Bean. Thank you for listening. I will leave you with the thoughts from Haruki Murakami. When you come out of the storm, you won't be the same person that walked in. That's what the storm is all about. 